Hello and welcome to Dowdy, the podcast where me, Mariana Feijó, talk to my guests about the concept of bravery, or braveness, even just the moments where folks have been slightly out of their comfort zones. This week I was brave because I finally applied for my UK settlement status. I've had more than a year to do it already. It's dumb that I haven't done it before. There's many reasons why I haven't done it. Some that aren't necessarily related to fear. It's more that it's like something that truly irks me. The fact that the UK has been so dumb to <laughs> go ahead with this thing called Brexit that is actually like really bad for for them, <laughs> for the, the country. It's also the knowledge that before the Second World War, there were documents that put people in groups that were more easily gatherable in order to put them away, you know? And if that's not necessarily something that in the past would have scared me, currently, with democracies at risk, which is a reality... It scares me even more that there are these papers that are telling this UK government that is forbidding people to protest, for one, and is veering a little bit to fascism. It scares me that they have papers that are telling them that I am other, even though it is an indefinite leave to remain, even though a lot of other people who weren't Europeans have the same sort of status when they are in the UK. The change and all those things involved in it make it a little scary. It's also the fact that even though I've been living in the UK for almost eight years, somewhere like at the back of my mind there was the possibility that I would reject my application. And in this current moment, most of my life is in this country and... What all that do? <laughs> I know that like the probably the worst case scenario would be that I would get a pre-settled status, which wouldn't mean that I would be deported or anything. But still, I got the full settled status. I can live in this country. Uh, if I get arrested, I can be deported. So if I protest, I can be deported. But I have the full settled status, I have the same rights I had before, and I can live outside of the UK for a period of up to five years and still come back with the same rights I had before, and that is free healthcare for as long as free healthcare exists in the UK, for as long as they don't privatize it, for as long as they don't ruin the country they have. And I have, because it's the country I live in, and it's the country I'm building my life in. Ah, see, that's why that's why it was so hard for me to do the settled status because I get angry and uh, and just putting words into um, an online form makes me really angry. On a positive note, future employers and landlords will be able to access um, an online page that has a selfie I took of myself in my room after not washing my hair for a couple of days with a big zit in my forehead. You know, all, all the good things I will be as a professional photographer. Possible employers in the future will look at my <laughs> prowess in taking selfies and think, hmm, is this really the person I want to hire to 
do these photographs for me. I hope you don't take my desperate <laughs> attempt to photograph myself for a thing I didn't want to do, make you take like conclusions. Now that I do have the settled status, I can travel in the UK, I can live in the UK, I can work in the UK, I can travel in the EU, I can live in the EU, I can work in the EU, I don't need a special visa to go perform in the EU. British people need special visas to work in the EU. Who got it better? Hmm. Who, who, who did got a better deal in this? Why did they want to leave the EU? A lot of businesses are failing because they can't export to the EU again or the cost is so big to now export it to the EU that it doesn't make any sense, but there's not enough business in the UK for them to survive. Why Brexit? I will stop. I will stop. I will breathe in, breathe out, relax. Calm down, and this episode will start as Dowdy always starts, with my guest Chloe Hale introducing themselves. I'm Chloe Hale. I am a Brooklyn-based comedian, writer, and we'll say actor, but that's not happening right now, because, I mean, well, it's not happening for me. Apparently, people are auditioning. Apparently, there are things, but... It is still my title. It, it is weird because things are happening. Like I, I was talking to someone yesterday who does costumes for productions. He mostly does costumes for theater and that's not happening. Since September he's working like Mission Impossible and like Marvel movies and stuff like that. And I'm like, come on, this, these big things are happening and I can't leave the house. <laughs> I Just give me a chance. Please, coach, put me in. <laughs> It's just wild, that, and this is not surprising, but just the degrees of which people are experiencing the pandemic and isolation, in, in quotes. Yeah. I went for a walk with a friend and I live very close to a park and a street where usually on Saturdays there is an outside market. And all throughout the pandemic, the market is not working because, of course, people will come and it will be busy. But coffee shops are selling coffees to like outside. So the street is still full. Like if there was a yeah. market going on and it's like, what, what's happening? I don't know. Where are these people yeah. living? No oh, masks of course. anywhere. Le legally, you <sighs> cannot come if you have a mask on. <laughs> you have to go back home. Yeah. <laughs> you are not welcome here. How would you define bravery? I thought so much. And this was so hard, which is, I was like, what does that tell me? <laughs> Uh, this was a good chance for self-exploration, but I think it boiled down to like just stepping outside of your comfort zone and whatever like your own personal safety net is and choosing to be like, I'm going to exist outside of that or do something outside of it or say something outside of it today or this moment, whatever it is. But I think that's why I think that's why bravery is defined so differently by people because it's like, well, what is your safety net and like what is comfortable for you is very different for me and someone else yeah it's hard to define it because you're thinking of specifics mm -hmm. right so like defining it like that with what is your safety net i think it's a good way to yeah. define it I, i'm i'm still trying to find a perfect definition through my guests because i haven't done any work well how okay <laughs> how would right now how would you define it then like has it shifted at all It has like slightly shifted because, you know, before I started doing the podcast, it was very much like bravery is that thing, that idea, that concept that is pretty unachievable. And that's something like people in wars 
<laughs> do, right? And it's like physical yeah. and hard. And I do, like, I started the podcast because a lot of people tell me I'm brave because I perform in public or <laughs> things like that that I don't think are brave, but are definitely sometimes things that push me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. So there's like a spectrum, I guess. But yeah, uh, throughout recording the podcast with people and because I'm asking people to tell me moments where they have been brave, <laughs> I'm shifting more towards the out of your comfort zone thing. And also like sometimes people come and they can't think of a moment where they have been brave, but I know them. So I know that there's things that yeah. I think that that's yeah, brave. Like, what are you talking so about? You are. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to give people pep talks. <laughs> no, you are. You are great. You are oh, awesome. Just fully doubling as a therapist on your podcast. I mean, like, yeah, that's so interesting. I feel like it, like, it definitely is, I would say, easier to see bravery in other people. Because you're like, hello, you're doing this crazy thing I've never done, I could never do. Look at you do it. And they're like, what? I did the thing that I do. What's up? But it's like, it's, it's yeah, I feel like it's very interesting. Yeah, right. Because what you're seeing someone do as brave maybe for them it's just something that comes easy yeah. right like when people tell me that performing in front of an audience is brave for me that's yeah i'm nervous a lot of the time but it's not i it's not something like yeah brave right but if that person thinks it's brave maybe i don't know this is being <laughs> Sometimes when I say things, I feel like I'm making myself bigger than mm. I am. And that's not what I'm trying to do. But maybe I'm able to inspire that person to public yeah. speak at their job even. No, and, 100%. Yeah, be comfortable 100%. with that. Also, like, I think it probably, like, when you started performing, like, I know for me, like, it was very brave to just, like, stand in front of people. Yeah. And I think then, like, your, like, your comfort zone now, that's, like, part of it. And there are, like, I think that's why, like, you go on, like, a big you have a big opportunity or something and you're like, I'm going to die. Even though it's like two days ago, you stepped yeah. on a stage, did the exact same thing. And I did mention that like a couple of times on the, on the podcast already. So if people are listening regularly, I'm repeating myself, but I'm going to say it again. Before the pandemic, I like a lot of performers here in the UK. I don't know if it's the same there. Talk a lot about having uh, irritable bowel sy syndrome. Most people do, and I always thought, come on, I'm, I'm odd, I don't have that, it's fine. But I realized that I do, <laughs> because uh, throughout the pandemic, not performing, I think my, I like, yeah, I mean, uh, being graphic and specific, I poop once a, a day yeah. and it's fine. And that's not what happens when I perform. When I perform, there's, I poop more. So I think my bowels are irritable <laughs> when I'm performing. Like, Mariana, please, we are irritated. You need to stop. There's just too much. Oh, that's very funny. I think you, maybe that's like the secret on, well, I guess they're talking about it. Maybe in the US, that's like the secret unspoken truth is we're all just like shitting our pants and nervous all the time. Yeah. British people just li like talking about <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought about moments in your life in which you have been brave? Yes. And it was, again, hard. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I know I've been brave before. Why is it so hard to like pinpoint moments? I landed like generally, I think just like, and kind of like you said, like realizing it over time, like maybe you're inspiring someone, but just like being loudly other on stage or just like existing as other, like. I'm going to loudly be like queer or I'm going to loudly be like not white. I'm going to loudly like own this identity that you've deemed other. And I think just like even just like existing that way is brave. And like 
something as simple as like I mean like I shaved my head and I was like that's not brave but I'm like well it actually kind of is I'm like that was very scary and I've been planning this for like a year and a half and I was just like fuck it I'm gonna do it (laughs) and like it's such a little thing but I'm like oh yeah this thing I was like scared to do put off for a while is definitely gonna make me stick out and be other (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I did it and it happened and it's fine and it's good and it oh, looks you. great. So yeah, good. Oh, good you. on you for doing it. I like that's something I'm not. A lot of people around me are shaving their heads. Two, because um, obviously we have Shem, Shem and Lindsay friends in common. Yeah. So I've met a lot of UK people through them, <laughs> You're, like yourself included, and um, Alice oh, Sa- Saunders. Friend. Yes. Like weeks yeah, after we met them for yeah. the first time, I was like shaved head, shaved head. I was like. Those great. are the people around me, you, Alice, and Fred. <laughs> so, so three people, but it's still like a lot. But it was all, we all did it like around the same time. It was just like all of a sudden, yeah. whoa, what's in the water? <laughs> also, I did write notes because I'm like, my brain doesn't oh. work. That's why I'm looking at <laughs> things. Yeah, I, I always have like the, a guide uh, on me as well. So if I look down, I'm looking I don't, at, at those I feel like I need things. to caveat it. Like I'm not just like texting my friends like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> I promise I'm reading notes. Yeah, but like that's something I do feel brave because I don't know. I am curious to know what my head looks like, but I think I wouldn't be able to shave my head. I say do it, even though that's a <laughs> that's not a helpful answer. <laughs> Period. Do it. I don't know. I feel like it obviously appearance is hard because like so much of your not that your identity is tied to it, but I think it can be either be like. Like, I mean, like gender itself, like either you're going to be like feel euphoric sometimes or dysphoric and not necessarily just in gender, like in your appearance in general, like, ooh, I love this hat on me. I look crazy in this hat and I can't leave the house. But just like, I think hair is a big part of that. So like, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, just like taking risks. I think taking risks lets you find things that do make you feel more euphoric, but also they are a risk. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I did shave my head and this turned out really bad. We're going to grow it back. <laughs> so that that technically is a risk, yeah. but I don't think it'll be the case for you at all. And yeah, like it grows back. You can wear hats and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, you can hide it. <laughs> yeah. You can. I, I should have done it in the beginning of the pandemic because mm-hmm. I'd have a year to grow my hair out. So yeah. yeah and I feel like you, ha- you could have more of like a, a little bit of like a panic defense because I feel like now we've all settled a little bit and it's like you chose to shave your head and that was a choice. Yeah. The beginning, you could have been like, I shaved my head. And people will be like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Maybe not, I don't know, now as well, it's been a year of That's this, true. So oh, yeah. Like, and, it's mm-hmm. bad, I need to do something to change. Oh, okay. What are you doing after this podcast? Because if you don't have plans, <laughs> we know what you got to do. My flatmate does own uh, like oh, a thing I can uh-oh. shave my hair. What do you call them? A shaver? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we, call, we have clippers. Is that? Clippers, yeah. yeah that's the word I was I trying like to find. I don't shavers, know. Because, you know, I'm not, I'm not, it's not my native Tom, yeah. right? So I never know what's British and what's American. I it's just words. Yeah, and I, my, I'm from like I'm from Boston, so my mouth can't say words the way it is my native language, and I don't know how to say words with R's in them. So <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> it's not great. I was going to say I think you're right. Like be especially like when you have when you perform one and you have like a public persona, being yourself proudly or just being yourself even if it's not necessarily like proudly yeah. it's just being yourself it's like yeah i think it's there 
comes a moment where you have to, I don't know, I'm guessing as well, because we start performing and maybe we're, whilst we're finding ourselves in our performance, our performance selves, we're also finding ourselves as people. Yeah. So there comes a moment where you have to stop and think, do I want to be this person and be perceived like that? Yeah, yeah, I think 100% agree. I feel like, and it's like, I think because eventually like, it just I think you hit a point where it feels inauthentic probably and it's like I'm already going on stage and having a blast pretending to be a fake person but can I at least I want to like feel like me doing it and I think it can be exhausting to like not do that yeah and we also know that they are industries I guess it's the whole world they are (laughs) industry industries that are very like uh there's a specific type of person that is seen more and that's is also sort of gatekeeping stuff. So when you are being yourself, it's like you're maybe putting one more hindrance hindrance on on top of everything. But at the same time, I don't know, because I know you've done like, you've been part of Slay and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, which I think are great in making people feel seen on stage or seeing themselves on stage. And I I had an experience like that, very small. I do like a, a show that uh, started uh, as a show to um, promote and uh, support women in comedy. It's grown a little bit to uh, support more people that are not straight white males. Uh, But uh, in one of our first shows, someone came after and said it's the first time and uh, their uh, non-binary person who I think identify as a lesbian and they said it's the first time that I thought I could be on stage uh, like in an improv stage that I thought that I I could say what is what's in my head and no one will be like huh you're the odd one out and we're going to play that game yeah Yeah. I love hearing that and that that feels great right yeah a hundred percent and like I feel like I, I don't know how you how you felt but if it was one of those moments where you were just like wow well, just being me I feel like that even feels like more even more incredible where you're just like oh yeah. I get to just exist and that can help people yeah yeah that is great yeah mm. I, I miss performing. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think like as performative as social media is and as like depression and anxiety inducing as it <laughs> often is I think that it also is a space where like you can make other people feel seen by just like showing yourself mm-hmm And I feel like maybe like on a broader scale, just thinking about like performing in general and things, I think like as you have, because I feel like the default is like we're younger, we're coming into an industry and like the younger people are changing how it looks. And like that is true. But also like when you have, I think, established people and older people who are also finding themselves and then like, like who's coming to mind right now is like Billy Porter, who's like just Mm -hmm. loudly other, but is also like established and older and kind of like a part of it I guess and not that there's not a risk for him existing as himself because that is extremely risky but like I feel like to just I feel like there's different risks of like you're in it you're being that and people can see that and like look up to you and be like he's existing and he's just like he's doing it he's succeeding whereas like we're other but you're still like trying to get in I think it's I think you need both but I think like having the older people old I'm just thinking like older queers is like yeah right but I do think like maybe you do need both right because 
maybe the fact that and i don't know because i don't know i've actually never thought about that but maybe the fact that they as older people who have performed in a way that was maybe less themselves through times now see that there's a lot of younger people who are being themselves and yeah. maybe that also inspires them to okay there's other people coming and i don't want them to yeah absolutely to do the same that i did and try to be someone else just to be in the un industry yeah it's got deep it's so early for me this is too deep <laughs> 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 but yeah yeah 100% and i think it's like yeah it extends like beyond performing it's like who are you like just like i hate to say politics but like who's in office like people are changing it's yeah. It's exciting. It's like a scary time, but I think it's exciting. Running the risk of going uh, deeper. <laughs> oh, I just exit, fully exit the Zoom. <laughs> Is that something that through the conversation you found like you had to find yourself and stuff like that but is that something that in a way came easy to you or did no. you have to actually <laughs> work hard to to get there yeah no absolutely not I feel like because that also ties into like the ways that I wasn't brave was like I like coming out for me like took four years of like every day being like you're gay no stop that right now and I was like dating a guy and like for four like I called my college years like the lost years because for four years I was just living so chaotically but like I knew that this was wrong like you just know in your body when something is when the way you're living is like wrong and I think the brave thing to do would have been <laughs> even if it's not right away before you get to four years <laughs> like put your foot down like really explore yourself and just like yeah I think it's just like be honest with yourself but I wasn't that brave and I just like made choices to save to save our relationship and to save this idea of me because like telling people you're gay and you're different in this idea and telling people that this idea they have of you is wrong is way scarier than to just like have arguments in your head like way harder mm -hmm. and I think like even now I'm still like I think it's it's still easier to come out to strangers than people you know and I think that was the hardest part of coming out for me was like I was like outwardly queer with other people that I didn't know and just like doing things and existing as this like, and like trying to find myself outwardly. But I still wasn't mentioning it to like my family, my friends, people that I talk to on a daily basis. And I still, <laughs> I'm just not brave, not brave, not brave. Like I, I never like really came out to them. Like I just like, instead of like sitting down and having a conversation, which is like <sighs> problematic in and of itself and stupid, but like, <laughs> Instead of just being like, hey, this is either like, hey, I'm gay or this is my partner or like whatever. I just like in the middle of a work day was like, you know, I'm gay, right? And then just like put my phone down. And that was it. That was my coming out. <laughs> like it's been years and I still really haven't talked about it more beyond that. And it's like, it's so odd. <laughs> I feel similarly because like I, hmm, I'm 35 and I only realized I was queer when I was like 28 or 29 so yeah it's a long time uh, but also like I haven't come out to my parents because that like first that again as you were saying it's problematic because I think first the idea of coming out to someone like to your parents is weird because if I was straight I wasn't going to tell hey mom that dad let's sit down and I want to tell you something right I like guys and it's also <laughs> that like, doesn't happen right no and it's like What you're really saying is, by the way, this is who I'm fucking. Like, that's yeah. all that's what that conversation, like, means in some way. Most like, maybe you're not. That's great. But for most people, it's like, they're going to be like, oh, I know who you're fucking now. And I don't want any of my family to know that. 
exactly and then like the thing is okay cool you introduce partners i'm also polyamorous Uh and i think i i think my parents are like cool cool people enough to not have a problem with me being queer Uh i i think i I'm slightly more worried about the polyamory side of things, uh, so it will have be it will have to be like a big conversation. But even the idea of introducing partners to them is something that because we live apart and it's not like I go for dinner with them every week mm-hmm. or something like that. It's something that also comes difficult. And with one of my partners, at some point, they told me she'll invite him over because uh, like to come like spend a weekend in Portugal with us. And they didn't know. They thought it was a friend that, or I think, I think they knew something, but they thought he was a friend. And they said, "You can like set up your sister's room so you can stay there." And I said, "Mom, we can sleep together." So that's the way I said yeah. that that person is my partner. <laughs> How did she take it, or they take it? Fine, okay. fine, totally fine. But also the idea that. She knows that we don't even live in the same city, so maybe it's weird and probably <laughs> there's other people in the equation. I think that's an assumption to make. Yeah, man. Parents are wild. I think <laughs> just like the way that queer people have to navigate that relationship is interesting does not capture it. <laughs> like, just like <laughs> ridiculous. Because like it is like anytime like with polyamory and I would like kind of not that that is queer but it's other right so like Mm -hmm. you're like anytime you're stepping out of the norm you have to like explain yourself and not not justify it but like (laughs) you have to be like by the way I do not fit in with you for this reason and that's like crazy (laughs) it's crazy you have to do that yeah and it's also like that yeah with polyamory in particular sometimes when I'm talking to someone about like oh yeah I've been on I don't know how many dates this week and that my partner I think the first idea that comes to someone's head is this person is cheating and it's not true (laughs) I go on a lot of dates and then I go home to my partner (laughs) like just loudly exclaiming that you are unfaithful like what yeah (laughs) but like how I feel like that probably like you said that probably is a lot of people's assumptions and it's like jesus what does that say about like (laughs) us in general that like that's the assumption oh god like have you run into so like that's obviously like parents like external but like within like partners that you're you're pursuing like run into things like that where they're like how could you be polyamorous like how could you be seeing someone else yeah i know i mostly date through online dating apps so that's already like something that's visible in my profile Uh, so that makes sense i guess yeah so i did never uh run into that i feel like that's just another space where i'm not brave is just online dating or dating Mm. but online dating i just like (laughs) i commend anyone who can do it successfully because i'm like the the conversations feel like always a little artificial and I'm just like, we both kind of know what we're here for. Are we going to like talk yeah. or not? Like, is this just going to be a text conversation? Because I have friends I could text or I have a cat I could talk to. Or do you want to go on a date? Let's just say it. But it rarely yeah. is that open, I think. <laughs> Which probably is a chance for me to be brave. Okay, <laughs> we're learning <laughs> as we go. <sighs> and it, like, it's, it's not a good time. I, I don't know how things are in New York right now, but it's not a good time to, like, uh, jump headfirst into online dating. Uh, or and it's like that awkward thing, let's go for a walk, but then let's keep a social distance and let's yeah. maybe keep wearing our masks. And how can you even know if you're into that person? I don't what, know. <laughs> what does their face look like? You have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I haven't even attempted to do it in the pandemic. And I don't think, I think 
my trust issues will come to come through like too hard and I'll be like get away from me right now I don't trust where you've been (laughs) that is like because even like you go I I have been for walks with people but nothing more uh, because then the next step is trust based if I'm okay with relinquishing trust in other subjects or I've been able to do it in other stuff with COVID is like harder yeah which I think says a lot about you because you're responsible <laughs> I promise a lot of other people don't have that hesitation <sighs> oh boy I did like was able to see a lot of learn a lot of about birds and things like that because I went on like three dates with this person who is into birds and we just watched birds and we were in the middle of a conversation and they would go look it's a heron and leave the conversation okay great yep (laughs) (laughs) i mean what a freaking like a prize like i feel like they're like this is my time to shine everyone's coming to the park baby (laughs) these are my (laughs) dates that's very funny this is so off topic these are your family we have like not superstitions like i guess birds embody different dead relatives for us (laughs) so I can't remember who's who but my aunt will flip out if she sees like a blue jay or like a robin I think or who she's like those are my parents and if I like am like hey I saw one she will lose her mind but she also loses her mind at a lot so I'm wondering if that is just a her thing I don't know I've never like that's probably the right reason the right answer (laughs) it's probably a her thing but that's cool like I don't know what if is there situations where there's like a group of blue jays, five blue jays. <laughs> how how does she make a decision then? I don't. I think she's probably like. I mean, honestly, I don't know. I think, I think she'd die. I think she would be like <laughs> overwhelmed and just like <laughs> pass out, and she'd be done. Uh, and then she would become one of the blue jays, as it was always meant to be. <laughs> <sighs> Are there other moments in which you haven't done something for lack of bravery? I think just like kind of similar to coming out it's way easier for me to just like be vulnerable and open with strangers but to like sit down with a friend or like you know you it's like 2 a.m in the bar and you're like hey come here let me tell you a secret <laughs> but like to sit down with the people like your friends and the people that love you most and care about you most and to just be like hey this is how i'm feeling that i'm sweating like literally started sweating thinking about doing that I think historically, I have not been brave, just like in opening up to friends and just being like, I know you asked if I was okay. Like, actually, I'm not. I've actually been like uh, exhausted and depressed and like, there's nothing you can do, but like, it's nice to tell someone. That's like a very recent thing that I've like started trying to do and I'm like learning to do through therapy. Mm -hmm. What is your fear in that situation? I think it's... That's a good question because I'm like, what am I? There's nothing to be scared of, but it's like, of course, there. What am I scared of? That's why I'm not doing it. Oh boy, (laughs) I think it's like. I mean, part of it is like if you're dishonest with someone, you're like they're just seeing you, and so like that is just like by itself. Like, uh, I think the fear is like you, someone sees you and they reject you, even though like this is my best friend in the world, this is my parent, like whoever it is, you know in your brain they're not going to. And, like, I'm privileged because, like, I, I have relationships like that. And there are relationships where, like, that's not the case depending on what you're sharing. But, like, I think it's just, like, ugh, if I'm honest and if I'm not the upbeat, fun, 
chaotic idiot that they're usually friends with, like, what are they going to think now? Like, and I think it's like, well, give your, give your friends some credit. <laughs> like, they love you. They're your friends for a reason. Like, they love all parts of you. Yeah. Thinking about it from the other side, too. If, like, I'm thinking, like, if Rachel, Rachel, shout out to Rachel Chada. Uh, if Rachel came to me and was like, I need help, I wouldn't be like, why is Rachel not being fun right now? What the fuck is her problem? It'd be like, what do you need? And I think, like, yeah, yeah I, even talking through it right now, like, it makes perfect sense. But then, like, you're in the moment and you're like, your heart's beating. And all you're doing is just, like, speaking truthfully. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Why is that so hard? Yeah, I have, like, the exact same thing, right? <laughs> so I was trying to figure out if you had, like, a reason <laughs> no. that was different than mine. <laughs> I need you to give me <laughs> advice. No. <laughs> Ugh. And like for me, a lot of it is, it's that I think, like the once you see me, you may think, oh, this person is actually way more needy than I initially yeah, thought or yeah. something like that. But then I, 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 it's really hard for me to cry in front of people as well. So if I'm talking about something that will make me cry, I don't want to cry in front of people. Yeah. And that I think comes from like a, an idea of you need to be strong, you can't cry, you need to like be a strong person. But yeah, I currently cry, I'm able to cry in front of one person and <laughs> it's like painful. <laughs> yeah, I completely understand that. I, uh, this year, so like I would say within the last four months maybe, I cried in front of two friends and that was like progress. So Rachel Chado, shout out to Rachel, of course. And then Shem. I cried in front of Shem, and he was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> just uh, being classic Shem. I think my guess is Shem was like, oh, I didn't sign up for this. I love this person. <laughs> I don't know what to do. But it was like, wow, look at that. Those were two moments where I was brave, where I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to cry, and we're going to deal with it. Everyone here is going to deal with this. <laughs> oh, God. It's scary. It may also be that idea, because for me, it's also very hard to ask for help. And when you are in that situation, it's like you're the other person, even if you're, that's not your objective, the other person may think they need to help you. Yeah. And that's putting something on them that I don't want to be a burden on. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, like, yeah, burden. Like, because we also, like, I think, you know, you're someone who's, like, emotionally intelligent and you know other people, like, we know other people are dealing with things too. So it's like... Mm -hmm feeling like you're putting even more on someone who has a full plate but it's like well that no that's what relationships are for we're supposed to lean on each other and it's like a push and pull thing yeah and I think that probably that probably also is why like I feel like during the pandemic like all of my relationships have either gotten stronger or they've probably dis more or less disappeared mm -hmm. and it's like well probably because like the ones that disappeared was a very like not fake, but it was just, like, a, it was rooted in, like, external things. Whereas, like, the relationships got stronger. We're, like, oh, we, like, really deeply care for each other. We want the best for each other. And we're, like, growing together. Mm. And these are my party friends. <laughs> and, like, they, and it, that's fine. And those, like, relationships, maybe they'll grow later. But, like, right now, I think that distinction, like, really became even more clear-cut. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned therapy, mm -hmm. and I know like from your online presence that you do therapy, and I also know that you broke up with your therapist. Yep. <laughs> and I have been doing therapy for, I don't know, a little over a month, 
and I think I need to shop around. I've come to the moment where I think I need to shop around. So I will need to break up with my therapist. And I had decided that I was going to do that on Thursday and I couldn't. Mm -hmm. So I now will have another session. And I want to ask you for advice okay. how to break up with a therapist. Oh, God, it was... I'm so again well number one congrats for being in therapy because that is huge number one like even fine it's a nightmare Has, like yeah to, when you're seeking out therapy you're seeking out therapy for a reason or if you're not that's great and you are impressive and you're very healthy and I commend you for that but like usually when you seek something out like something has happened we're like now is the time or that's like what I found for me and then it just like becomes a process where you're just like it's stressful and exhausting to find someone to help you when you need help. It should be easy to access. Yeah. So I think that lands a lot of us in spots where we're like, oh, thank God I found a therapist. And then after a few sessions, you're like, this doesn't seem to be what I thought I was signing up for. Yeah. So the way I broke up with my therapist, it was way overdue. Like it had been like I stayed with her for probably a year and a half. I would say like after six months is when I knew like, I could probably be getting better help somewhere. I feel like I'm not progressing as quickly as I would like, but she was free. So <laughs> we're weighing that as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like the way I broke up with her was we went through a whole ass session and then I took a deep breath at the end and I was like, I have to tell you something uh, or like, can we like, I have to like share. Uh, and she said, did the office talk to you? And I said, what? She said, I'm actually leaving the practice, so next week will be our last session. And I said, they didn't talk to me, but I actually was going to, um, <laughs> I was going to say I, I, this was going to be our last session. So it turned into a very amicable breakup on both sides. Mm -hmm. So again, I don't have any good advice. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I did say in the moment, like she, it was very clear, like, regardless of what I said, this relationship was over because she was leaving. Yeah. But I, I was proud because I didn't go through with our last session. If I didn't say anything, we would have had one more. Yeah. But I said, I came in to, I, like, I pretty much vocalized, like, hey, I know this is the case, but also I told myself I was going to say this, so I am going to say this. I am looking for, like, I was going to start looking for another therapist for a different type of therapy, just, like, so you know. And she was like, okay. And that was it. So I guess the, no advice for sharing, but my inclination is that your therapist will take it better than we expect yeah because they like if it's a good therapist they want what's best for you and like if they can't be the person to give that like someone else is out there to do it mm -hmm. but that being said I don't know your therapist but I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like I do think breaking up with I think just even being like should I break up with my therapist is a brave thing because you're like recognizing like you took an important step you're doing this thing but it could be, be like I deserve better like I knowing your worth yeah. and like something else could be better for me yeah it's scary but it's like as you said it is like a really like it's a difficult process and like I try to get um just like to to frame it I try to get help through the NHS so that'll be free mm -hmm. but I answered like this questionnaire and they talked to me on the phone and they told me that I yes it seems like I have anxiety but it's mild and we can't help you so you can go to this website that has like CBT stuff what? that you can go through and I'm like cool I, I understand it right they have like limited yeah. money to help people so they will help people that are at risk 
first so i get i get it but that means that now i'll have like if i want something i need to pay for it and it's very expensive and yeah that took me like a year to then try and find someone else yeah and I found like an affordable thing that's 20 pounds a session. So it's affordable. And now breaking up with them, I will have to find someone else and go through the process again. So yeah, it's like a lot of work. It is. It's so much work. And it's, I feel like you don't really think about it. Cause, cause like we joke around, we're like, go to therapy. And we're like, okay. But it's like, <laughs> even once you find a therapist to like, is it a match? Like it's so much trial and error. At least we all have great healthcare. You know what I mean? Thank God. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I was keep. Yours is probably a little better. I can share that. Just from Shem and Lynn's, I feel like you guys get free ambulances. I think so, okay. yeah. <laughs> so actually, yeah. you can't complain because you get to ride for free. So. <laughs> I like, we, we, like, we do get a lot of things for free. And it's like, comparing terrible. it to Portugal, where the health is also like there's a national health service as well i think portugal is better (laughs) so you know we do more tests just in case to see like every year we run a battery of tests here you almost have to like beg your doctor to do tests if you have like symptoms of something and it's too much they will give it for you for free to you for free but you'll have to beg and even cry (laughs) and i can't can't cry in front of people (laughs) Oh, that's, oh. it just like, what a, this is going to sound sad, but I'm going to say it anyway, but like, I just feel like what a world we would have if there was just like access to mental health care <laughs> and like, we have the resources to provide it. We just choose not to. Yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I guess it's, it's again, one of those things that is probably slowly and whatever, but yeah, uh, we'll get better with time, right? Because also there's a lot of stigma still with mental health stuff yeah. and more people are visible talking about their mental health. Yeah. Maybe the more people will look for it and the more people will look for it, more better options will be available. Yeah, I feel like it, it, I think a lot of things, this included, like they've bent and they're kind of at the point of breaking now and we're seeing things kind of like start to like oop, the wood is like splintering it's about to break all the way yeah i think like just i don't know we're getting deep again uh (laughs) i think it's just like part of like us and us meaning like people who have less power like with government with our voice like we're just not as visible i think like just the pressure that we're putting on like the pressure we're we're holding the people in power to like i think like this past year has grown and i think we'll continue to grow and hopefully we'll produce change whether the people mm-hmm. making the changes believe it's necessary or not yeah i hope and it's a tough one right i don't know how much you've followed that i follow very little i've only seen like the snippets uh, that were online and didn't actually watch the thing but we, uh, in the uk a big thing was the harry and Meghan interview with oprah i didn't watch it well i mean neither i've I just saw saw, clips, seen yeah. like highlights <laughs> and it's all about how Megan was a victim of racism and about how she talked to people that she was struggling with her mental health and even suicidal and she wanted help and they told her oh we can't do that because it's bad for the image of the crown so I think like also having that thing like that big people that are mm-hmm. uh, famous and that people follow talk about it is also in a way important even if 
the monarchy should be abolished and <laughs> yeah. all of that. It's still, it's still important. <laughs> I think yeah. probably important. Yeah. I mean, look at freaking daddy Harry Styles. Every time he mentions therapy, I'm like, it's like, it's, he's probably like mentioning it in passing and whatever, but it's like so many people look up to him and see that. And that's like mm-hmm. being normalized. Also, just like as a parenthesis, I said the monarchy should be abolished. <laughs> but if in a month I'm applying for British citizenship, I will pledge allegiance to the Queen. So, you know, uh, maybe I'm not against the monarchy. I, if you're listening, if it. HMRC is listening, <laughs> I... I all hail the Queen. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know any song. What is your... I don't know. God save the queen, yeah, right? I but I don't, I don't even know the the tune. <laughs> but that's like the national anthem. Yeah, I mm. truly, I barely recognize our own national anthem. Like I mix that up with just like other patriotic songs. I know that there is a song called God God Save the Queen. If you told me like ACDC sang it, I'd be like, yeah. There is a version from uh, Sex Pistols <laughs> that I think is not God Save the Queen. It's probably. There's a swear word in there somewhere. <laughs> God but, yeah. save this pussy. Boom. <laughs> Thank you. We got too vulnerable. Um, We're back. <laughs> and I did go to like my friend uh, got a British citizenship. So I I did see the process that she pledged allegiance in front of everyone. Oh and then God. everyone had, including myself, had the that was in the room had to sing the national anthem but they are smart enough to know that they have to have printouts or no one will know the (laughs) lyrics (laughs) but the thing that for me was funnier is that i arrived before her or maybe she was inside signing papers or whatever so i waited like a little bit in a waiting room that had like tea and biscuits very british and they had like uh the um, i never know what's the fl- the flag is called the union jack they had like uh table the tablecloths were union jacks and the music playing was I'm an alien. I'm a legal alien. I'm an Englishman in New York. (laughs) What? (laughs) This is not what's happening. I don't know what's happening. Sounds like a parody of something. That is insane. (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh my god. At like, I'm just like picturing like what a terrifying moment. That's just like too. It's too terrifying a moment and like process for them to be that funny with it. That is so rude. Yeah. How dare you be that funny? That is so funny. <laughs> also because they have no no awareness of it. Yeah, right. right I'm sure. Right. It's, it's so like, fucked up. But yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. That is so fucked up. Oh. Is there anything coming up in your future for which you will have to be brave? <sighs> Probably. I think, honestly, what I'm working on in therapy right now is just like being assertive. And assertiveness and I think with assertiveness comes like or I think like with being brave like you need to know your value and like stand up for yourself and like advocate for it and I think being assertive I think they're kind of intertwined a little bit so I think day to day I'm trying to be cognizant of opportunities where I can be like oh I could let that slide off my back or I could be like actually wait don't speak to me like that or like don't like something easy at work like setting boundaries like Lit- I, trying to be brave and like assertive in little moments and we're also working on me just like opening up to my mother <laughs> so like mm-hmm. opening up to people who are not strangers mm-hmm. so I um, definitely am not brave enough for that yet but sometime in my future maybe that will happen <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. Jade was like, I'm not sure, but I think you're way younger than me. And it feels like we're working through the same things. And I'm like, oh, it's really cool that this young person is doing the work. <laughs> and it's so nice. Oh, God. I don't feel young. Uh, I think it, it also is like, I think, uh, I mean, you tell me if, if I'm wrong. I think it's like always easier to, I think like queer people, especially like, we know that we've been through some type of trauma that ages you in some way and you have this like instant connection I think and maybe that's why straight people are always mad because they don't have that Mm -hmm. I think like I I have a theory that is that queer people have had to do work without even without a therapist or anyone they have had to do work uh, to be able to be themselves in a world that is not necessarily built for the way they want to live their lives, right? So straight people just live their lives. They don't try to find themselves because they're they're okay being whatever they are and haven't done had that struggle. So in a way we know each other better. But that also maybe makes us more fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) I think both are true. Because like what straight 14 year old is exploring their identity meanwhile like queer kids are like usually alone in their heads trying to figure out what they're doing and who they are and why like something doesn't make sense (laughs) you're just like what is this what does something doesn't make sense here and I don't know what it is there and like obviously there are places where like kids can vocally explore that uh and that is great and I think that's like growing now but like for me, and I would assume for you, like, growing up, that wasn't the case. And so, like, yeah, exactly what you said. You're just, like, forced to do the work before you even know you're doing the work. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder every gay person is tired. <laughs> They're always yeah. tired. Always. <laughs> Why are you tired? Why wouldn't I be? It's been decades. <laughs> but, like, the the thing you said about knowing your worth in, like, in what relates to work is also, like, even though that is nothing related to, well, I mean, if you're a performer, that's also maybe related to like your identity and stuff like that. But in other things, it's just like, uh, if you if you're like me, I do like I produce content, um, social media content and stuff like stuff like that. That should be something that I could be straightforward in it and be like, I know my worth. I know I can do this amount of graphics a day. And that's that's the work I'm trying to do. It's to like, I'm trying to divide the things I do for work in quantifiable things that I can measure for money. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's also hard. Because especially because uh, I haven't necessarily trained for what I do now. I always feel like maybe... Uh, I can't talk actually even though I do it but my head still tells me you didn't even train for this you know nothing about it yeah so yeah and like I guess kind and I, now now I don't even know what I do in what I have been trained for so <laughs> you know it's like, ah, <laughs> <mindfuck."> yeah, <laughs> it's like imposter syndrome but like like financially knowing your worth is so hard so like I commend yeah. you for doing that it's so hard because like also because money's fake so yeah <laughs> it, ev- yes everything is fake everything i yes <laughs> we pulled the veil back everything is a lie <laughs> like advocating for yourself at work is so hard 
Because when money controls everything, the people who control the money have as like some control over you. Because like unless you're lucky enough to be like financially independent, mm-hmm. I still haven't gotten my trust fund. I hope my mom is holding out on me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'm getting it though. Um, I don't think it exists. So it's like, hey, I know I'm worth better than the treatment I'm getting from you, but like, can I? Aff- forward to say that or like do that and I think it's like a super hard line to walk but I think like what I'm finding or like what I'm hoping and kind of finding is like usually advocating for yourself and like those moments of bravery like at work and anywhere outside of it I think like moments of bravery and taking that step outside of your comfort zone usually come with what we would call like good luck or coincidences but I don't think they're coincidences I think it's like a sign that like you're doing the right thing because like I feel like a lot of times like I've taken a leap and like or like something I've been like scared to do and then all of a sudden opportunities are like falling in your lap and you're like what I was I thought I was gonna die two days ago and I was like being attacked from all angles and now I'm like everything's great (laughs) how did this happen and I think it's like Again, we're getting deep. <laughs> I think like so, like I think like for me the way I operate, I think like the universe and like energy, like I think you're rewarded for doing the right the right thing for you and making those hard choices and like yeah, doing like what you know in your body is brave but externally maybe not seem like the right thing or like people mm-hmm. can't understand it because they don't know your worth or they don't know your your boundaries or whatever it might be. Yeah. And like uh, we also like said is many times in the podcast the idea that when you do go out of your comfort zone to do something that you think is right or is this thing you want to do or it's this whatever it is it it usually comes like there there hasn't been one time talking to any of the guests where they have said yes I've done this and I regret it right something comes out of it even if it's not the thing you necessarily wanted to come out of it right but then I think I also like I often get the moment of like you you're brave and you're like that was great and then you have the crash after and you're like oh what did I just do (laughs) like I had that's how I felt like I stood up for myself earlier this week at work I got some feedback that was crazy and I was like that's not true and I'm not doing that that even just that was like a big step for me but then after the fact we got off the call and I was like oh what do I do what do I do what do I do just like freaking out like, do yeah. you feel, do you feel similarly? Yeah, I think like uh, I'm trying to be more vocal in the moment because I sometimes mull it over and then I do something. Mm-hmm. Or like in the particular situation of like work right now, I work for, I'm a freelancer, so I do other stuff as well. But I, the thing I've been doing for longer, it's with this particular company. So at this moment, I know which buttons I can push Mm -hmm. from the people I work with. So, but I I wish like in my next um, job thing that I'm able to push those buttons from the start and I don't need to wait to know the people in order to be able to properly work with them. Yeah, yeah. It's so hard. I think like asking permission or not asking permission is a big theme in my life that we're working on, which I think like that like what you just said resonated with me because of that because it's like I think a lot of times we look for like bosses for permission to like just exist (laughs) exist at work and it's like you don't I don't need permission from you and I think that same logic applies to like everything like I don't need permission from you to just exist as I want to exist 
Yeah. And I think making that choice is brave and that's not a choice I make like every day. So I think when we do, it, it's like, good for us. Yeah. It's also like, it's not something because it is out of our comfort zone it, and because we are like, there is effort in doing it, right? Because it is tiring. That's why you can't do it every day because you wouldn't be able yeah. to wake up in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thinking about like bravery in general, obviously uh and I just like a lot of the moments I was thinking of where I was like wow I was like really brave look at me do like like I was thinking about how I like started comedy and it was I had no right to do so like I transferred schools late college down to from New York City to Alabama and then decided I needed to audition for improv for no reason and then did it like that is a wild chain of events that I had no right doing any of that but I did it and that was like oh I was so brave but like it didn't feel brave. I was just like falling into these things. And like I was yeah. making decisions, but it, like it felt like I was falling into bravery where like now I'm like, oh, I, I feel like as adults, maybe. And as we get older, we have to like choose it until it's a habit. But it's not a habit for mm-hmm. me right now. And I think like because the finish line isn't there, right? So the finish line keeps being pushed. Mm-hmm. So I think once you learn how to push through the effort, you will be you will keep on doing it right yeah. it, it will still i think it will always still feel like um like you are making an effort to achieve something and to be brave and to whatever it's just to achieve different things yeah but maybe at some point i hope it becomes easier and more natural <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i think there is some i think there's some merit to like trying to transform like anxiety into excitement like I think that's like a general idea way easier said than done but like Mm -hmm. if you can get to that point where you're like I know I'm I'm anxious but like I'm also excited and like I'm asserting myself but I'm like excited to do so because I know my worth and like fuck you for thinking otherwise like I think that can also be exciting and empowering and I'm not there yet (laughs) this is all conjecture and I hope I think post-bravery excitement is there right now, mixed with a lot of fear. (laughs) And like, what have I done? But like, (sighs) bravery is so interesting. (laughs) I truly, like, I feel silly, but like, I really hadn't thought about it till like, you presented it, (laughs) like, in asking me to do this. But I think, like, thank you, because it is, like, there was a lot of introspection and like, what is yeah what is bravery is such an interesting question because like we throw the word around so much and it's like well what does it mean yeah and we do like i think yeah it's that thing you throw it around to define other people mm-hmm. and i don't know even like the most um <laughs> cocky person i don't know if they would say they were being brave when they were doing stuff i'm, I'm not sure so yeah, I wonder. Yeah. I'm waiting for the day that I will have that <laughs> cocky person on and I will say, yes, I've been brave all my life since the moment I came oh out God. of the uterus. <laughs> that person would terrify me. Terrified. I would be like, I don't, I, nothing about you is impressive. I'm terrified. <laughs> like, I feel like it's also like, I mean, there's definitely like layers of like, how, like how does privilege and like that play into it? Because like, mm-hmm. I think being bold and emboldened can be misconstrued as being brave or like outspoken yeah i think a lot of people with privilege especially oh well let's just say like rich white people i wonder if they i'm going on a tangent now like i wonder if they would define like them acting loudly and just like 
in ways that affect other people. I wonder if they would call that brave, where we're just like, you're, you have power and you're just like doing things. I don't know. Yeah. I went off on a tangent, but like. <laughs> yeah, that's like the, the question, right? I don't know if those people all think, yeah, I will, ha I will have to have. <laughs> find the worst person you can to, find. I will have to rethink uh, my guests. I will stop inviting people I like chatting to. The but worst just like, person. <laughs> maybe I'll try to get Elon Musk on. Oh on <laughs> or what's the other guy's name uh, that I'm Jeff Bezos? Oh, that's I'll try so to have funny. One of them on. <laughs> I would pay a lot of money to hear that conversation because that's such a psyche that, like, I mean, I would, I. I just can't imagine what goes on in the brain. I have to know. I have yeah. to know. I wonder if Elon Musk thinks it's brave to name his child the name he named his child. <laughs> Definitely. Like, no way he doesn't. He's like, I am the bravest man out here. I am a revolutionary. People will come for me, but they will not get me. This is my boy. But it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Talking about inspirational people. <laughs> Is there someone real or fictional from your own life or just a famous person that you will use as an example of bravery? I think, oh man, I would probably say Shem. Shem Pennant, who I think probably is someone who would be like, oh, I'm never brave, is my guess. But like, I think Shem just like exists as Shem all the time. If you just are like, like anyone says, people of the people who know, know Shem and know of Shem, if you're like, You say Shem, you know who Shem is. You know what I mean? Like, and I think he just like, I've never met someone who's like more involved in just like doing things that they've never done before to do them and to learn them. And he just like, I feel like anytime I talk to him, he's trying something new. And to me, like, that's very brave to me to just like pick something up, know you're going to fail and then just keep doing it, which is why he's probably good at so many things now is because he like makes that choice over and over. Yeah. And I think he just like, Yeah, I think Shem is just, I'm like having a hard time because I'm like, Shem is just so interesting and he's Shem. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, yeah, I think it's just like, he, he's very like committed to trying new things and, and to just like sharing his opinion. He just like shares his voice, albeit like in his quiet Shem voice, but he's like, this is how I feel. And like, if he thinks something could like be better, he'll say that. Mm -hmm. And he's always like willing to help and just like, I think he has a lot of hard conversations and is like a part of hard conversations, maybe without realizing it, because he is like so intelligent and caring and generous that he's just like in it, helping, talking, like being brave. Like he's someone where I'd be like, you're being brave and he'd probably be like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> But yeah. I don't know. I Did haven't that invited him to the <laughs> podcast yet because I think he will just say, um, I'm not brave. So I, I have nothing to say. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he is like, for me, a uh, super inspiration po inspirational person exactly for that because he's always trying new things. And like, uh, and also like because of the way he supports people so much. And yeah, he also helps uplift people and make us do better with what we have. Yeah. I think, yeah, and it's, like, so easy. Like, we're all competing, quote-unquote, for the same, like, roles in an industry and, like, jobs. And it's, like, it would be so easy for him to be, like, fuck you, I'm not helping you. Like, I want this job. <laughs> But he doesn't. He helps everyone with everything and just makes people better. And, like, I think he's just really 
good at removing his ego, like wherever, whatever that ego may be, like removing it and saying like, hey, we're all like, there are enough jobs for everyone. There's enough resources and, and things to go around. Like, let me help you. And I think that is ra really rare. And I do think he takes pleasure or happiness or whatever in seeing other people succeed yeah like the people he loves and maybe everyone but the people he loves for sure absolutely yeah and yeah you just feel like warm and fuzzy when you got shem on your side yeah yeah should we talk about and Lindsay I, now? I, I'm sure he, he, <laughs> he will love this. Lindsay is also another like super uh, inspir yeah. inspirational p person in also other ways. And uh, like the way she's always smiling, I think is great. Yeah. Two of just like the most supportive people I've ever met. <sighs> All right. Well, I'm going to go cry. Cry at everything <laughs> now. <laughs> it has been a, a year of easy cries, I have to say, but alone in my room. Yeah. Someone sees them yes. and it's fine. Yep. <laughs> I, it's a lot of, I've, I've done a lot of like looking out the window crying, sometimes crying because of what I've seen out the window, uh, usually cats. If I see a stray cat, oh. I start crying. <laughs> if I make eye contact with that stray cat, it's game over, which happened last week. And I fully like opened the window to my apartment and I was like, come in if you want, buddy. He didn't, <laughs> but I certainly cried for a while. I also have to say that I love the saga of Joni being closed inside rooms it, I don't know how he's doing it I don't I am still torn if it's him or a ghost I really am torn because like how is a cat gonna close them how I just can't figure out how he's closing the doors like you would have to as a cat he would have to be like I'm walking into this room I'm turning around and I'm gonna pull the door behind me that's a what? No, he's not that smart. He's not smart enough. I think my apartment is haunted. I'm putting it on the record right now. I think my apartment's haunted. If I never, if you never hear from me again, I was, it was true and the ghost got mad. <laughs> the last time we talked about ghosts in this podcast, my light went out and I, <laughs> my zoom went down and uh, I had to like text the person saying, hey, I'm locked out of my computer. I don't know what happened. That is so spooky. <laughs> Yeah. Have you, <laughs> this is a really stupid example, well not a stupid example, or a question, have you had experiences with ghosts and have you felt brave in them? Because I have and I have not. I've never, like, this one was the only thing that I'd say was a possible experience with a ghost. Okay. Uh, oh no, wait, wait, wait. I used to play the, um, like the Ouija board. It wasn't a oh. Ouija board. We played it with like a, an upside down glass and we made our own letters. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, I used to do that, like, you know, <laughs> 90s kid, I watched the craft and yep. we tried to do <laughs> witchy stuff uh, and we did this and I did it with a friend a lot and we would light a candle and do it. We did it a lot of times. Once we were just the two of us at her home with the lights on, she has a bunch of dogs outside and cats and the cats were with us and at some point the doors were closed, everything was closed, the candle start started flickering the cats started hissing and the dogs outside were barking and we were like we never played it again yeah. we <laughs> did like the ending bit of saying we hope the ghosts are okay go away uh we're fine whatever we did to like finish the game yeah. which was like a proper thing to try and not have the ghosts stick around yeah. and we never played it again <laughs> i had a very similar experience and i never played it again 
we were like very similarly (laughs) me and my friends in the basement of my house we blacked out the windows so it was extra dark and we were playing with like we had a lighter and we were like uh put the flame out on three and like the ghost or whatever kept doing it and we were like this is great and i was like my turn so i grabbed the lighter and i was like okay okay ghost turn the the like put the flame out on three and then on three i felt a hand on my neck just like pull and immediately i said nope i turned all the lights on and i was like game over we are done uh i unblacked everything and i haven't touched a ouija board since it just like it's terrifying but the ghost is right we're the ones messing with them absolutely and i know that that's a rule you're supposed to do and we never did it after we ended we never were like let's end this safely and yeah maybe that's any bad thing in my life i'm gonna blame on that now (laughs) we never shut the ouija board down yeah we also used to do like whenever we were summoning the the spirit uh-huh. would say we only wanted good spirits you... which is also like i'm sure a bad spirit will oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, take no. you for your work <laughs> yeah. oh fuck we can't mess with these guys hey. <laughs> you okay you played pretty safe you played probably the right way quote unquote yeah we let everything run amok and <laughs> it did you have other experiences with ghosts? Because you said you had good, like brave experiences and not brave experiences with ghosts. I mean, the apartment I'm in now, I've never had lights flicker. I've never had like things where like I'll like shudder like crazy. Like uh, you'll feel like something, and then my cat will do the same and start looking at something. Like things like that. It's just a lot of like in this apartment, a lot of little things where like one one off, I'd be like whatever. But it's like daily little things over and over where like. Even just like I'll be playing fetch with with Joan because he's a little cat dog, and he'll bring it to me. Well, he'll drop the mouse, and then once in a while he'll bring it to the spot next to me and look at the pillow or like whoever is there, whoever's there, like just look at them. Like your turn now, and I'm like, Joan, Joan, I'm right here. Who are you looking at, buddy? <laughs> and just oh, it's so many little things like that. I I feel like my aunt, <laughs> the same bird aunt. She's also into orbs. Whenever we'll see a picture and there's like the little balls of light, she's like, that's your grandpa. Mm-hmm. There he is. Look at him going. Which I'm, I buy less into that, but I'm always like, I think I'm always open, open to ghosts, open to spirit stuff, which is maybe why they're coming, <laughs> if, if they are. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds like a, a good spirit because uh, it, it, they want to play catch with Joni. Yes, so. a good spirit. Yeah. I... I can't remember if I caught it on video. I really was trying to, but I was joking around and I was like, good morning, like, good morning, ghost. And then the office lights started flickering and I was like, I don't like that. We're done. I'm never, I'm not going to speak again. I'm so, I don't know you. <laughs> just trying to communicate. Yeah. <laughs> you said good morning. You're just saying good morning back. I know. And I, in, in that moment, I should have been like, that was lovely. <laughs> Look at <Yeah>. us talking. <laughs> But I, I, I freaked out and I was like, that, I didn't expect that. I thought this is real. This is real. What do I do? Okay. Maybe that's a, a takeaway from this is I need to be more brave with my ghost. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, <laughs> we'll do a, a nap. I hope that doesn't. <laughs> I, was gonna I say, don't know if that's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> Come back like a year later, check in. And I'm just like, this is my boyfriend. <laughs> Fully no one. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess that has worse relationships. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. I also like that as a lesbian, I was like, boyfriend, my ghost boyfriend. (laughs) 
oh god i can't even escape heteronormativity with with the dead i have like i realized something i guess i've been realizing it throughout the times but portuguese is a gendered language so everything every object has a gender like table is feminine everything is gendered animals are gendered uh and i've realized that whenever i'm talking about an animal like the other day there was a fox and my friend said something about a fox and i said oh she did this and he was like oh you're assuming the fox is gendered i no, it's like it's 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 in portuguese it is yeah. uh feminine so that's just what i'm doing and i do that all the time and ghost in portuguese is masculine so Ooh. i never ever questioned when you said boyfriend because the ghost is masculine so okay, yeah well sure. done <laughs> There aren't girl ghosts, stupid. Yeah. No, that's so interesting. Yeah, I know, like, Portuguese Spanish, like, this is probably a bigger discussion, but, like, how, how are, is the language, like, shifting to a- adopt, like, gender neutral things and identities? Like, because that, like, is rework, you're reworking a language yeah. to do that. There, there are attempts to doing it. That's, like, something I'm also, like, because I live here and I, don't have that many friends back in Portugal uh-huh. I I'm less connected to it and I've asked like several people when I'm able to speak to people who are like specifically members of the LGBTQ community because I think they will be more knowledgeable of that I will ask and they they are never sure but then I asked my niece the other day who's 12 and of course I should have asked the young people who are uh, changing things right they're changing the language and there there are attempts uh we'll see if they will uh make it through to to the dictionary yeah i hope so i think things have to change and so they are yeah they have no choice and we are at the end of the podcast so like the last thing i don't know first i will ask you because you have thought about bravery because i made you think about (laughs) bravery (laughs) is there anything that i haven't asked you about that you thought oh this is a good point about bravery that I just came up with and I want to share it with people. <laughs> Let me check my notes. No, everything you asked, I said what I needed to say. You asked all the good questions. I think it's just like, yeah, it's just stepping outside of what, what your comfort zone and safety net is. And like that shifts all the time. And things that used to be brave are not, they take less work now. They're not, they could still be brave to someone else. But for you, it's like run of the mill. Like performing has mm-hmm. become less brave. So I think... I'll say that, number one, thank you, because this has been so, again, like, so forced me to be so introspective and think, and, like, I think the concept of bravery is, like, exciting, because it's, like, thinking about bravery and brave acts with that, through that lens of, like, this is outside my comfort zone, but it's, like, the right thing, and, like, like, probably the right thing I'm advocating for myself, it's, like, you're doing things for you, I think it's also really exciting, it'll always be really exciting, and, like, yeah scary but like uh, butterflies (laughs) that yeah yeah (laughs) so the last thing i i will ask is if you have any plugs um so not not related to bravery unless it's brave for you uh, to (laughs) brave for tell people to look at your work (laughs) um bravely started a podcast (laughs) with with shem and Lindsay and rachel i think (laughs) the three main people i talked about today uh hot goss on all the the podcast places we it's well first of all we had you as a guest and it was a freaking yes. blast we just we share true facts and i would say that's 10 percent. 90 percent is is just shit talking ourselves <laughs> and society 
That's my plug. Hot goss. Yeah. And you will learn a lot of like new facts, but also like funny facts. Yeah. Even it's like it, I I really enjoy it, and yeah, I giggle every Monday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I this is how it sounds. It's gonna sound silly. I didn't expect to learn as much as I have, but every time I record, I'm like, oh my god, I know nothing, and it's just like, <laughs> it. I think it's really interesting, like how many. Again, this sounds so silly. There's just, there's so much to learn. There are so many like random facts that people just like know. And it's, I think that's interesting too, where it's like, why did you bring that fact? Like you already knew that. And you, it kind of like gives you a way to just talk about someone's interests and like where their, where that interest came from. I think it like, people sharing knowledge is fun. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for being a guest at my podcast. Of course. Thank you. This, oh my God, truly was a blast. And I'm going to be thinking about bravery. Too much, too much now, maybe. <laughs> but no, this was truly so great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at, at Marianne's Beats on Twitter and Instagram for all dowdy updates. As all podcasts will tell you, all rates and reviews will be super welcome. And do share the podcast with your friends or on your socials. Hashtag DowdyPod. I would also like to know your pics of people who, to you, are examples of bravery. Share them on your reviews or tweet them at me. Huge, huge thank you to Champagne for the podcast jingle and a bunch of other things that are on podcast related. If you've enjoyed listening to Dowdy, have some spare to give, and would like to support me and help me improve on my tech and skills, all tips are welcome through PayPal and Coffee on at Mariana's Beats. I've been Mariana Feijal. Until next week.